0: Zachary Moxley is a 23-year-old director and filmmaker from British Columbia. He specializes in aerial cinematography, videography, and photography. Zach has had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest brands such as Audi, Red Bull, National Geographic, IMAX, and many, many more. At just 23 years old, Zachary has already been in the industry for almost a decade. An adventure seeker and world traveler, you'll often find Zachary diving the coast of California, sandboarding the dunes of Peru, or hiking the mountains of the Faroe Islands. As a fellow filmmaker and photographer, I look up to Zach a lot. He honestly is probably one of the biggest inspirations for me. So just having the opportunity to talk on the phone with him and just pick his brain was honestly really rewarding. Zach is in literally an elite group of travel and adventure filmmakers. And the amount of knowledge and just abundance of information he had for you guys is really insane, honestly. I'm super stoked to present this episode to you guys. So with that, guys, I'd like to present my guest, Zachary, also known as down to film on Instagram. Yeah, I I guess I've been following you for a while. I think you're, you know, you, Sam Colder, all those, those guys I've, I've been kind of following, but the first time I actually kind of engaged with you was actually your editing contest. So I'm kind of curious, um, the approach, like when you were first starting the contest, like what was your thought process behind that?
1: Well, the editing contest was, was an interesting one for sure. You know, I've worked with epidemic sound a couple of times before that. And, uh, we'd been chatting about doing a project together and that one specifically, I'd never run an editing contest, but I, entered them a lot when I was younger and they were like a very good way to get your foot in the door. Yeah. And I noticed when I was younger, it was like you're entering editing contests, you're connecting with other people, you're working with different footage and I felt like you'd in such a short amount of time you'd grow from it. So when I approached epidemic, I'm like, Hey, well this could be a good idea. You know, I have all this footage with Toby Miller in New Zealand. Let's, let's put together an editing contest. Right. And so it took a bit to put together. I was still on some trips, and this is all like pre-COVID, before lockdown. Yeah. And you know, I was I was anticipating anywhere from like fifty to hundred entries, which would which I would have been stoked on, right? So I uh, ended up launching the contest, and surprisingly enough, had impeccable timing because everyone was on lockdown, so there wasn't much for anyone um, much for anyone, for anything to do. So I was like, getting approached by a lot of people like, Oh, I don't have anything to do right now. The editing contest is the perfect time. Um, and yeah, overall like managed to get 350 entries somewhere in that ballpark and exceeded my expectations. But I think what I was the most stoked on is that I was able to bring all these different elements to the table give footage for people to edit, offer prizes, uh, you know, give something for pe- for people to do. Right. So exactly. That for me is what I was most stoked on. And then also there was a sense of community behind it too. A lot of these filmmakers were connecting with each other because they were seeing each other's edits. I know that there's some that actually have worked together now. Um, I've worked with some of the editors, you know, I've reached out to some other editors for some other work um, and it kind of just builds this nice sense of community behind it, which I know that other editors in the past, Matt Como, um, few other editors I've seen on Instagram have done contests and it's kind of sparked the same interest too. So I definitely think there was a, you know, it was was really cool. It's honestly one of my favorite projects I've done the last, uh, probably the last year or two, just because of the involvement it got people and how stoked it got people. So I'm actually looking forward to starting the next one. I'm not sure when that will be yet, but there's definitely going to be a second
0: one. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think for me on the outside, um, being a participant, I think the two main things I think is pretty cool is that for you, you're able to provide this contest um, and kind of give back to your community. I think there's a lot of people that have invested in you and just like what you do. And so being able to provide a platform and a way for, like you said, collaboration and just networking to happen is pretty huge for us as like small creators. And I think another aspect of it was for me, I don't, you know you shot all the footage in New Zealand and really gorgeous places for me, I live in cornfields, so I don't have access to that type of footage. So, so being able to participate in a contest that I, I don't have to worry about like the quality of footage because I know the footage is already, it's being shot in cool places. I can just focus strictly on the, the other aspects of editing because yeah, I mean having, having, good locations definitely helps, um, the overall edit. And so that's something that was just very, um, cool to, to, to do and to experience. And like you said, yeah, I definitely wasn't doing anything at the time. And it was just like, Hey, let's just try this and let's see what happens. And going back to like Como, like I, I, I actually participated in that challenge too. And I remember pulling up that, like recently pulling up that video, which I think that challenge was two or three years ago and just seeing the progress. And it's like, it's crazy to just see just as time goes, just what happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And like you were saying there, like to be able to offer that high quality footage, you know, I've been, I've been shooting for, you know, 10 years now. um, So I get these opportunities to work with these professional athletes and go to these amazing locations. And sometimes this footage just sits on my hard drive. Right. and doesn't get used. Yeah. This is exactly what that footage was doing is it was just collecting dust on some hard drives. Unfortunately, um, you know, I don't, I don't always get the chance to edit everything that comes through the bay just because of time and, and okay, what's this project serving? What purpose is it serving? So I'll just, you know, get gets left on some hard drives. So when I was like, Oh, I have this great footage, you know, people would be stoked to edit it. it has action in it, has good, you know, cinematic sequences, has drone stuff, kind of has all the pieces, Uh, that would connect to make a good video. So uh, that was the same thing. When I started filmmaking, it was like I needed, I wanted opportunities and, you know, to edit good footage. I'd sometimes just download HD clips online or really high quality clips online um, so that I could edit top quality footage, right? So to be able to offer, you know, all the story pieces, all the elements for someone to make a video was, you know, kind of what I was really stoked on.
0: Yeah, no that that's that's really cool and like you said, I hope uh, you continue to provide that type of value and continue to host more competitions in the future. And I th- I think it'll only grow from there.
1: For sure, man. That's that's the goal. I think you know, there's there's more room more room for that. There's another eighty terabytes of footage where that came from. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: lots more footage where that comes from, huh?
1: I can definitely uh, I can definitely keep pumping them. Keep pumping them out i uh want to just work on something that's going to be a bit different for the next one so it's going to need a little more thought process and how i present it yeah what i post and kind of figure that out and then i'll uh launch away
0: i think one thing that everyone well for me specifically it would have been cool to and I, i think you've probably thought about this but to see like your perspective of the footage and like have you actually participate in your own competition and on like the outside, that'd be kind of cool because it just allows us to see how you interpret because everyone has a different vision and an approach to how they edit and so like as the host to kind of just participate in it.
1: Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I should have made a video realistically. It, it did happen super quick. So I didn't really yeah, time very to true. Them together. Um, but honestly, some of those edits, I, I, I kind of, a bit of a catch 22. Cause some of those edits that came out, I, there's, there's no way I could have put that quality together. Right. Like some of those yeah. things are so good. At, like yeah, some of you guys catchy. made some incredible videos. Right. So it's actually kind of hard to keep up sometimes. Cause I think you have a lot of people, like even you're saying, is like, you don't have these crazy places to shoot where you're from. So a lot of people resort to editing, right. You get yeah. really good at editing and then it's like, hard to keep up on the editing front cause I'm shooting so much. So it's a bit mm-hmm. of like a bit of a juggle, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to edit. And then it's like, I mean, what I've noticed in, in my film career is like the longer it goes on, the less I like to edit personally uh, just because I, li- I like being out there. Right? I like oh, being in the field. Yeah. I like shooting. Yeah. So, you know, the projects I've started doing, I'm really like, okay, now I need to find a good editor proper editor so i can just hand it off you know someone that can emulate my vision someone that can follow through on that and i've even seen so like and that's what i was really interested about too when i launched the contest is that i saw all these edits come from these come from these different people and these different styles and you know different approaches right on each on you know the same footage but so many different approaches to it right exactly so it's cool to see that as well
0: yeah for sure so like I mentioned earlier, my real first time kind of interacting with Zach was through his editing contest. It was a joint effort between him and Epidemic Sound and a few other companies that helped um, bring this project to life. Because I follow him, that's how I first got introduced to it. I think the cool thing, like I mentioned in the in, while I was talking to him, was that he's able to kind of give back to the, his community and give back... Um, just some value. So I think as definitely something for me as I'm moving forward that if I ever have that chance to kind of have that influence on others where I can host a competition, whether that's an editing competition, maybe a photo uh, editing competition, something like that, where I can get my community together and just provide value and support. That's honestly something that I look forward to. Um, so you would say you, you prefer the shooting side and actually capturing footage more than putting it together?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, being out in the field is one of my favorite things and having the drone in the air, getting to rip it around.
0: Where were you? Um, you, were, you were just recently where you were like, where were, oh, I saw stories. You were somewhere like in the, on water and stuff, shooting.
1: Um i think where
0: that would have been it was i think you it was, uh, was so recent semi-recent i think you were it i don't know it kind of looked like alaska but I don't, I don't know exactly where it was you were just like on lakes and water and uh
1: huh i'm trying to think when when that would have been um i i've done a couple of shoots lately uh we did one recently that we're actually in the process of editing for an editing contest. Crazy enough. Is oh, the really? first editing contest I, I'm going to be have entered in in a while. Uh, Music bed's hosting a competition. It's a hundred K prize, which is pretty, uh, pretty big. Um, but yeah, we're going to enter that with some footage we shot uh, in Northern DC, which was, you know, with whales and wolves and kind of that whole thing. Yeah. I think
0: that That's might be what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. So that, that was sense. like, I was like at the start of COVID. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, You know, everyone was like, oh, don't leave your house. No one go out. Like, and it was very like frowned upon if you're out of the house. Yeah. Uh, And and it's not to say that I was running around with no mask and, and spitting on people or spitting (laughs) in food or, you know, doing any of that. Right. But I, you know, there were some, some things that we did take some risks we took in terms of, going out to this place in the middle of nowhere. Like, what if we got sick in the middle of nowhere, right? How are we getting back? How are we, you know, blah, 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 right? So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, uh, an unknown, I guess, is what I want to say. Yeah. But it ended up being one of my favorite shoots. And we, we captured some, we rented some reds, rented some anamorphics. Uh, we had wolves, we had uh, sea otters, we had, orcas we had orcas tearing apart sea lions like honestly like the nature the nature we witnessed in in just four days was was pretty incredible so we're going to put together a little piece here kind of highlighting that area but also kind of touching on some environmental issues that are going on in the world Um, and try to do something a little different right I I think over time um, and in my film career You know, I started out with these ski edits and, and videos, you know, travel videos and drone videos that I wouldn't necessarily say have much of an impact, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and don't really have a ton of, um, don't really have a ton of, uh, like influence
0: on change and
1: yeah, influence on change or even, even. They just need a little more meaning, right? Yeah, exactly uh, I, my, my my goal my goal for my you know, my goal for future project and, and moving forward here is uh, you know, stuff that's gonna have meaning, stuff that's gonna kinda gonna, gonna sit well with people and, and really kinda like, you know, yeah, I could get a hundred thousand views on a video, but if I'm gonna get ten thousand views where something actually means if exactly. like the video means something to someone, that's going to be more impactful for me. So it's kind of the way I'm moving. So kind of seeing those projects and kind of taking that approach um, is, is the next step here.
0: Yeah, it's like providing more purpose-filled content versus just showing off yeah. like what you may be I'm looking doing. Looking for that word. Cool.
1: Uh, no, exactly. So purpose-driven content is for me kind of the next step. Um, and the next step to, I'd say fulfillment, like yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to be a lot more fulfilled if you're, if you're creating, creating videos that have purpose and that, that can impact someone's life. Um, life. So that's, that's kind of where I'm taking things, um, you know, day by day kind of seeing what, what is out there, what has, what has story to it, what would drive something home, what would change someone's life. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: that's awesome. I, so you said you started, you've been shooting for 10 years. Can you kind of go back? Not necessarily at the beginning, but I'm more interested on the more like when you hit college age, your college ages, uh, did you like go to film school or college or what was that route for you?
1: So yeah, I've been, like I said earlier, I've been shooting for 10 years. Um, started when I was about 13, 12 or 13, making backyard edits with my friends. Probably the worst videos you will ever see. They're absolutely horrendous. Um, I think anyone nowadays, like honestly, like so bad. So I look back on them and I'm like, damn, I can't believe I even pursued this thing. Um, they're that bad. So. Uh, yeah, started 10 years ago, just did a lot of ski stuff, you know, growing up in Whistler, BC, it was kind of the best place to grow up in that space. Uh, you know, tons of professional athletes constantly rolling through all of my friends were very talented at skiing, trampoline, biking, skateboarding. So I actually had a few friends that, uh, you know, could throw down on their skis, could do double flips, could do seven twenties on their skateboard, could, You know, bike, you know, jump over a train on their bike, like all these different aspects to the action sports world. And I think personally for me, that's one of the best routes into filmmaking is through action, uh, just because it gives the viewer something to watch. Uh, And really, like, that's why I kind of see, like, when I see, like, the film school approach, I'm not a huge fan because traditionally like yeah there's some great films that come out of film school students but traditionally when they're starting out and they're learning they're not so great and it's like very cheesy acting not very good directing so I think if you let the action take a bit of the lead which I which which is the direction I took um, it gave like even though the videos were so bad it gave people something to watch and then I could start developing my style right so I got to do you know, different films, different ski shoots, different skateboard shoots. And I really got to like work the camera, you know, even though the videos weren't too good at the start, there was still something to film, a good subject that people were interested in. And then I'd get a lot of feedback. They'd be like, oh, what? You, like, you know, try this camera move or try something like this. So that was kind of the path I took. Didn't go to film school, uh, which, cause out of, you know, out of high school when I was 17, 18, I already had a pretty solid list of clients, was already making really good money. And, you know, I didn't think it was really valuable. You know, I, I could see some value in maybe going to business school and, and learning some business aspects of it. But that could also completely change the course of my life and the way I take it. So, you know, I kind of sat 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 with it, kept on doing, you know, the freelance thing kept on making my passion project videos, you know, grew out the social media, grew up Instagram and kind of took that path. And so far, you know, it's been pretty good. Um, I'd say I've had, you know, a, a decent amount of success. I've made some videos that I'm happy with. Um, and I'm only getting more stoked now. Like there's definitely some projects on the horizon for me that I'm looking forward to making. So yeah, I think the one thing I could, I could, I could say is really re like, you know, for anyone out there, uh, the whole film school versus no film school. I personally don't think film school has a ton of value. Uh, you know, there are some contacts you can make in that industry. Um, but I think going out and actually doing, going out and shooting is the most valuable thing you can do. Going yeah. out, making a piece is like, there's no mo- like there's, there's and it's, it's kind of like the whole hard, hard work, Trump's talent thing. If you go out and you shoot, and you shoot, and you shoot, and you post and you post and you post and you edit and you edit and you edit. And that like that cycle keeps repeating, you're going to pick up clients. You're going to pick up, you know, you're going to pick up work. You know, I know people, there are people out there that, that I know that are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And like, you know, Not the best work, but they're grinding, they're hustling, they're shooting every day, they're editing every day, right? So you can have talent, but if you don't have the work ethic, it's not really going to come through. Or if you don't have the hard work driven towards, it's not really going to come through. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go to film school, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, your hard work and your drive is what's going to really come through.
0: Yeah. I think that experience, like having the drive, the hard work and just practice, um, I think you can, you can go to any, Technically prestigious film school, but if you don't put in the work and actually apply it, then it, it really doesn't matter because you're not putting work out there. So I, I think, and like for me, I I go to a small <laughs> private school, and I actually just I just major in like P R, like that business side that you mentioned because right. I f- that's like the best route for me and um, the approach that I t- have taken, but. When you, yeah, that's, that's a good approach. And it, it's interesting because I feel like for you, you've been doing this for ten years. But I feel like your career is honestly, like it started. But I feel like it's so there. There's just so much more, and like you're at the point where you can really make. You're at the point where you have that kind of influence where you can, going back to the purpose filled projects, you can really start creating more of those meaningful projects that you've been that you're seeking out.
1: Well, uh, yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of the goal right now is to, you know, now I'm in a position where I can kind of choose more or less what I want to do. Um, And I think that's kind of like the ultimate goal. Obviously I do have to work here and there, but you know, there's other other, other, other aspects of life that I can make money in. And I think I got into film not to make money because I enjoyed it. And that's what you'll, that's, I mean, that's personally what a lot of people and I've seen happen with a lot of my friends or even, filmmakers I looked up to when I was younger is is you get caught in this commercial shooting vortex um, that really drains your energy as a filmmaker. And you have to, you, you kind of have to get out of it because, and I, I don't say like get out of it and not shoot commercial projects, but you really got to pick your battles, right? Like you got to shoot the commercial projects that you want to shoot. Cause otherwise you're going to get to a point where you burn out and you don't want to shoot anymore and you don't even want to shoot your passion projects. Right. So, you know, I, I too, like I find days where I'm like, oh, I don't even want to shoot or, oh, I don't even want to do this. But when I, when I pull back on the commercial stuff and then I start shooting stuff that I like and that I'm into and I take on the commercial projects that, that, that inspire me and get me stoked. That's a whole different story. Right. So I think like another valuable lesson for anyone out there is like really like only, yeah, you have to make money, but like make sure if you're taking on commercial work that you're taking on stuff that you like. Um, And if you're not, then better make it quick and or you better like learn to enjoy the stuff that you don't like.
0: I found it very interesting, his perspective and take on the whole corporate world and when he talked about kind of getting out of that corporate world as fast as possible, I think as a starter, as a beginner, we we seek out those corporate jobs because they do pay well. They are um, they do provide us financially, but as a creator who who especially wants to make a difference, maybe inspire people, corporate, the corporate world isn't exactly that place or that setting to do that. And so for Zach, he he reminds us to uh, work on those passion projects, really find those purpose filled projects to allow us to stay inspired and to allow us to really find fulfillment in the work we do. And I think fulfillment in a, in a whole is kind of what he's trying to get at in that we as creators can create whatever we want, but if we're not feeling fulfilled and if we don't find the joy in what we're doing, then we're gonna get burned out. And if we're always just chasing money and if we're chasing the the fame and not the purpose behind it or the storytelling, then we're gonna we're gonna burn out a lot easier and faster. And so it was really cool to hear him talk about this because this is something that he's even experiencing at his level. And so for me, just as a reminder to myself that it doesn't matter what type of level I'm at, that this is a a real thing that I'll have to kind of worry about. But knowing it, I I can hopefully um, just understand it better and learn from it and hopefully adapt to it quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's very valuable. one thing I'm interested in in a question I have, so i I think we're the creative field obviously is the whole purpose is putting out content and having people consume your content and I think the the natural negative side to that is just that internal battle with comparison, and so I'm wondering oh, like yeah. i I'm wondering kind of how you deal with it and like if it's an issue first off and if it is like how you kind of approach it with like collaborations and how you just keep yourself healthy mentally.
1: Yeah, honestly, that's, that's absolutely an issue in this space. Um, You know, I, I, I think like a lot of us, like a lot of creators uh, I, I personally, I struggle with, you know, motivation. I struggle with some anxiety here and there, like, there's definitely things that kind of, that hop in the way. And I think a lot of them have stemmed from social media. Um, and a lot of these things like the, the, how do I say this? Like the, um, can't get the word off my mouth, but like having a post on Instagram and like always having to keep up and having to put stuff out there, um, even when you're not stoked on it. Right. Like, and so I've kind of started taking the approach, like, if I'm stoked on something, I'm going to post it. Right. But if I'm not stoked on it, I'm not going to post, I'm not going to post something or or put something out there just for the sake of putting something out there because like, that's not why I got into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's something that I'm stoked on, you know, if I'm having like a good week, yeah, I might share it. But at the end of the day, like I, I, I kind of want to start, I I don't want to say caring less, but kind of like really like more caring about what I'm passionate and stoked about instead of just like releasing content to release content and show how sick my life is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Like it's, it's not what I'm into. and I didn't get into it for that. I want to put out stuff that like, yeah, I went on this sweet trip. I'm happy. I'm stoked. It was a good time. Yeah. I'll post a photo from it. Right. But I don't want to like, cause I think like it's a very, um, I don't want to say,
0: it can be, it can it? be very like in your face type of, uh, like industry and there's I think in your
1: face, but also, but also too like, you know, you see all these people and I know this is probably said in like a million podcasts, but you see all these people living these insane lives yeah. and you're like, Oh, I wish I could live like this person. And don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm grateful and blessed for like everything that's like in my life, but there is like an aspect to it where like it's, it's kind of like smoke and mirrors to some, some degree. Um, it, and I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say to a very high level, like it is, uh, how don't I get this across without sounding like a, um, there's just like, there's, there's, there's a lot of the times where it looks a lot more, the grass looks a little greener on social media. Yes, right? exactly. So, and I think, I think you have to put yourself in that mindset when you're, if you're comparing yourself to others and being like, Oh, why am I not on that trip? Oh, why am I not doing this thing? And you really have to be like, okay, well you are like, I've had times where I've been on a trip, like an insane trip, like one of the most mind blowing trips. And I'm on social and I'm like, Oh, why is this? Like, why am I not on that? And then I'm like, Holy shit. Like, what are you saying, Zach? Like, look where you are right now. Right. Like step back, be grateful. And like, realize what you're doing right now and be present with what you're doing. Yep. Not caring about what someone else is doing. Right. Yep. And so I'll find myself, I'll, I'll, I'll catch myself doing that sometimes here and there, which like is a bit of a toxic mindset, but it happens. And it's, yeah. it's human nature. Exactly. It's like, exactly. It's comparison and it's a thing. Right. So I can't really like, I, I can't get mad at myself for it, but I just have to, you know, be grateful and realize that, okay, pull back a bit, Zach, you know, you have it pretty good. Be grateful for what you have right now. And then, you know, charge forward to the next thing if you really want that next thing.
0: Exactly. And I think everyone, like, I don't think you, I don't think we as humans will fully be content because there's always going to be something ahead of us. And if we always live our life kind of with that mindset of just like wanting it and that jealousy, then we're never going to fully appreciate the present and like what you have, what you do have and what you've been through. Um, so yeah,
1: it's definitely a bit of a toxic mindset that like we have to move away from. Uh, but you know, it's, it's human nature, right? So there's things that you can do to, you know, meditation, gratitude, you know, there's things that you can do definitely to move away from it. Um, so I suggest anyone, people listening to do that. If you, if you find yourself in that state a lot, um, I definitely found myself in that state more frequently like last year and less this year. I'm in a bit better of a headspace, So I think finding those different things that you can get your, get your mind out of that space is is very, it's a healthy thing to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. One thing, uh, just a few more questions, uh, before, before we wrap up, but I'm, I'm very interested because where I live, um, this, this is a topic on like collaboration, but where I live, it's where I live. It's not necessarily a filmmaking photography type of location. And so finding people to collaborate and just share our passion together is kind of tough. And for you, I mean, you've collabed with, you know, Jacob, Sam, Morgan, all the, all these pretty, pretty, uh, talented creators. What's that like for you and kind of that atmosphere?
1: Well, so yeah, that's a good, that's definitely a good question. I think, um, well, first of all, like, yeah, collaboration is obviously huge. Like getting to work with different people, you know, different networks, you grow your space, uh, you grow grow your surroundings. And I think the best, like collaboration is an interesting one because, you know, you have, you have we have so much at our disposal right now, right? Like we have, we can literally message anyone you want right now in this time, right? Like that might not exist forever. You know, if Instagram goes down, they change their things. You can't just message anyone. Like right now you can message anyone in the world that you want to work with. Now, will they reply sometimes? Yes. Uh, Obviously it helps if you have a good collection of work or you really put forward an idea to them. Right? So a lot of people will just reach out for collaboration. Hey, do you want to work together? Hey, do you want to collaborate? But not put forward an idea. How many how many times a day do you think these people get hit up to collab? Right? It's probably a lot for the most part, is my guess. So I think like collaboration's an interesting one and it really like comes down to how much you're willing to put yourself on the line, how much opportunity you, you're looking for. Like you know, you can put forward 10 projects and maybe only one lens. Right. But if that one lands, it usually leads to so many different opportunities. Right. Like even a good example is like I met Sam through the high, through Alexi from high on life. Right. Yeah. And there's like these different like opportunities that, sorry, let me rephrase that. I met Alexi through Sam. Sam was through a client, but like the opportunity that came of that, like the opportunity that that direction came from was, it was so interesting to me. Like, you know, Sam was in Vancouver staying at my house and Alexi was messaging to collab with him on Instagram and Sam invited me for coffee with that. And then like all these things stem and lead one to another. Right. And now I was working with Alexi. I was working with his, you know, girlfriend, Mindy, traveling with her, but it's all about taking these little opportunities that you might not think are very big, right? Like to me, high on life, when I like heard about those guys, they were just the guys that walked up, walked on the heaters in Yellowstone park, right. And fucked up. And they were like, the, like laughing stock of online. But then I actually got to meet them because of one little coffee situation. Right. And I became really close with Alexi, really close with his girlfriend and close with the rest of the team. And now I'm friends with, with, you know, bunch of the boys from that team. So I think these little opportunities for me when you're collaborating with people is always the biggest. And like you said, like, obviously you're in a place that doesn't really have that kind of atmosphere and vibe, but you have Instagram, which has it all right. It has everyone on it. Exactly. So, you know, obviously you're in a bit of a, it's a a bit of a weird situation because you can't travel right now, but, you know, you could still reach out, make some plans or put forward pitch decks or put forward ideas to these people that you want to collaborate with. Right. And I think that the best way to collaborate with someone is you need to offer them value. Right. Right. Correct. And that's like the biggest thing is like, if I have someone say, Hey, do you want to collab? It's like, okay, well, like I want to spend time with my friends. I want to work on my passion project. I have six client projects on the go. Uh, you know, blah, 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 like all these things. Like, no, I don't really want to collaborate now. Like I don't have time, right? The time's so limited, right? Our time is so stretched, right? And we're stretching, like stretching our time so thin. So it's like, you know, I want to work with other people, but it's like, there's not that much time to work with, right? So unless there's proposed value, um, you know, sometimes I'm just down to do something because I do have time, But I think for most people, there needs to be some proposed value. So if you approach someone with no idea, no concept, and you're just like, hey, do you want to work together, you know, you might not be in the best position. But if you go to them with a deck, and a sick idea, and I have this brand that's down to work on it, and I have these cameras, and I have these lenses, and, you know, your flight's booked, right? And it's like, whoa, like right away, like, yeah, sure, let's do it, I'm down right? So I think if you're going to collab with someone, there needs to be, you know, there needs to be a value proposition in my
0: opinion. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're, if you are approaching someone else, you have to have the mindset that they technically don't owe you anything and you have to be able to make it worthwhile for them because like you said, they may have projects, they may be doing a bunch of things. And so to make it worthwhile for them, they need to see the value in it um, right from the get-go. But yeah, like, like,
1: a, like a, a, a hundred percent, right? Like, like what's, you know, all these creators and all these people, like we make ourselves busy, right? We constantly make ourselves busy. And it's, it's, this is kind of the first time I'd say in our careers, most of us that we haven't been, and and, and that's not to say that we haven't been busy because I had like two of the busiest months ever, but like we, we weren't traveling. So we had time to slow down, right. And time to chill, but the rest of the time we're swamped. So it's like, if, if you want to work with someone and you're approaching them, there needs to be some value add, right? Like most of the time there needs to be some value add unless you're, I mean, I wouldn't even really have it unless you're like, it's, it's kind of, there needs to be some value add because a lot of people are busy. Right. So that's kind of like the first approach I'd take is find something that you want to do and then put forward an idea. If you have a good idea and, and a concept and hopefully, uh, hopefully they say yes.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. That's, uh, that's really good. Um, I mean, I, I think the last thing is just kind of, and I think you've touched on this throughout the conversation, but just like, what's your best tip or advice for young creative slash entrepreneurs, um, specifically in this space. I think you talked a lot about just like when, when we were talking about film school, skipping film school and kind of just, just do it, like go out there and just create and just keep uh creating because one day someone' someone in porn is gonna see it, and then that's kind of how you grow. Um, but is there like anything else advice wise?
1: Yeah, I'd say uh, stay hungry. like definitely, the more you put yourself out there and the more you put yourself forward, and the more you shoot. That's like to me when back when I was younger when I got into it and I was shooting and editing all the time, like I I actually talked with uh, the CT I work with quite frequently, Chris Clark, today. We're in the elevator and he was talking about another filmmaker. I don't know if you know, uh, uh, Tentango. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah
0: yeah. He, yep, yeah,
1: yeah. So he, you know, he was on a shoot the other day and he gets home and he edits all the footage. And, uh, you know, Chris was telling me that the director of the project was like, oh, he reminds me of when I was younger, like when I started filmmaking, right? Like, i has I, been doing it for a while for sure. But just that drive and that stoke, right, is what's like, you know, Keen's always out there. He's always shooting. He's always flying his drone. He's always repairing his drones. And you can see that, right? You can see that elevating his work, his his FPV flying is getting better, his, uh, you know, he's picking up more jobs with it. And, like, tough to say because I – kind of shooting myself down here, but I did pick up an FPV drone a couple of years ago and I just stopped flying. It, right? And right? I figured, okay, like what if I kept with it for the, and like the, you know, obviously like life takes its different courses and, and different things come up and I've had other projects, you know, get in the way of like going to rip the FPV. But I think like the most important thing is just like staying hungry all the time with whatever idea you're focused on. And like, it's not going to come, Like, a lot of these younger filmmakers is not going to come overnight, right? I think that's why you see quite a bit of drop-off. Like, I know a lot of young filmmakers who, like, I was like, oh, I thought you used to shoot. And they're like, oh, yeah, I used to, but, like, you know, I wasn't really getting any jobs. I'm like, well, how long were you doing it for? And they're like, oh, like eight months to a year. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I didn't get my first job until, like, four years or five years into it or four years into it and that was back in the day when it was harder to get jobs right so now it's like you know every brand is trying to trying to put out work every brand is trying to like make new content and and be you know be the best brand and have the best content so there's infinite opportunity out there i think you know maybe the prices have come down a bit it's like there's not as like the, the the there's definitely more supply of filmmakers that are willing to do it especially for cheaper but there's also a lot more supply on the brand end and stuff to shoot. So I feel like the you know I kind of rambled a bit there. But the best advice would just be like stay hungry and you know keep with it. And I can uh yeah.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Stay hungry, man. That that's that's the key. That's the key. It doesn't matter if you're just starting off or if you've been doing this for 10 years. The the key is just to keep grinding, stay humble, and just really know that every day is a chance to get better
1: exactly man nail on the head there
0: perfect man well zach thank you uh, so much for joining the podcast it's it's really been i think a lot of value out of this conversation
1: sweet man well stoked to uh, stoked to listen to yeah, it for sure stay hungry bro exactly then, man see where, this, uh, where this podcast goes for you um let's keep in touch for sure
0: for sure Honestly, it was just so rewarding to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to him um, for the short time that we did have. I think within the time that we talked, he, the amount of knowledge and just valuable nuggets that he provided was mind blowing. I think the at the end of the day, the big the three big takeaways that that I personally will take with me is just the first one being just the whole idea of film school, and that film school in itself is not required. He is literally a, a living proof of that. And what it comes down to is just being hungry, staying motivated, continually putting out content for people to see and just be willing to just work hard and uh, show, show your work and, and value the work you're doing. And the last thing is just kind of going back to his, his topic of um, the corporate world and passion projects, feeling fulfilled and that I find a lo- very important because I want to I, I see myself kind of like him where I also want to create videos and films that have some sort of meaning and impact and it's not necessarily just trying to help someone sell a product but I want it to caught like whether whether that's just social change environmental um, whatever that may be I want to be able to create films that I'm proud of that are important to just the current current world and just things like that but if you're always doing paid corporate work um, you're not gonna easily find that same fulfillment that you're looking for so altogether I am very uh, very happy that he was able to hop on the phone with me thank you again Zach for um, just taking the time out of your day to meet with me and talk with me and It'll be awesome to continue to follow your journey and hopefully one day um, maybe our paths will cross again.